Hello, Simon here. Hope you're doing well. We are continuing our series on the Sermon on the Mount. This week, we're looking at the theme of fasting. Fasting, that is going without food. Uh, fasting, you might have fasted before. You might know a bit about fasting. Fasting has become kind of a little bit fashionable as well, just in culture. Intermittent fasting is good for your gut health. 12-hour fast, 24-hour fast, lots of different reasons why fasting is good on that front. But also it's had huge spiritual significance as well. Uh, so what does the Bible make of it? Today we're going to pick up uh, the words of Jesus in Matthew 6. We're going to listen to what Jesus has to say and we're going to learn together a bit more about fasting. So let's listen to these words together. Today's reading is taken from Matthew 6, verses 16 to 18. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So similar to last week, you would have noticed, as Joel was preaching on prayer, Jesus starts with a negative. He says, do not, and in this case, do not look somber like the hypocrites. Again, he's slamming the hypocrites. Who are the hypocrites? The word in the Greek there literally means like actor. You're putting on a front for something. And it says they disfigure their faces when they fast. They show others that they're fasting. They're appearing holy. They're acting holy. Jesus is slamming it. I think it's just worth saying at the top of this message, this is actually the third time he says it. Prayer, don't be like a hypocrite. Giving, don't be like the hypocrite. And now again, fasting, don't be like the hypocrite. When you give, pray, fast, don't be like them. Maybe you're here. Maybe you feel the same. Maybe you hate hypocrisy, moralisms, double standards, no authenticity. Well, here we got Jesus, the man himself. He's slamming it. He feels the same. Jesus here is dealing with something other than just appearances. He wants to get to the heart. Now, I know we had lots on this last week when Joel was preaching on prayer, so I'm not going to repeat that. If you haven't got that message, if you weren't here last week, do log on to our website. Listen to the message from last week. Joel really helps us through this issue of hypocrisy that's definitely there the passage. But today, we're going to learn more about fasting. Fasting. Maybe, as I said, you're a seasoned faster. You fasted for many years. Not like many years in general, because you should be dead. Uh, Maybe some of you, you're like, yeah, I fast every night from 11 p.m. to 8 a.m. Yeah, good one. Uh, Maybe you fast between meals. Nice. Some of you fasting, like what? You guys actually do that stuff? You, You fast? We're going to look today at the what why, when, and how uh, of fasting, just to help us learn. Demystify some of it. It is a bit mysterious. It does seem a bit like super spiritual, like some people do it, or some people do it for weight loss. Like, how does this work out with Jesus? Look what the Bible says. Before we do that, let's pray together. Is that okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is real, alive, and active. And I ask you today, Father, speak to us inspire us, equip us, help us to be more like you, help us to walk ever closer with you, help us to see you do great things in our lifetime, teach us your way, we ask you in Jesus' name, help me God to communicate, help me now to speak the words of God, I pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, out of these four things, the the what, the why, uh, the how, um, the when, Let's start with what? What is fasting? What is it? Uh, It's really simply choosing not to eat 
putting your body in a state of hunger in its simplest form. You're choosing not to eat. You're putting your body in a state of hunger. You're denying yourself, your flesh, and you're going without. Now, there are different kinds of fast. You know, fast, no food, or you can fast, no drink. Uh, some of you, you can fast social media, or fast your phone, or fast Netflix. Um, essentially, really, it's actually about denying yourself food. There is very much a food thing here that is in the heart of fasting to do with our bodies and our flesh. Um, Jesus himself fasted. It's clear in Matthew 4, it says he didn't eat food or drink. Uh, it wasn't like Jesus fasted the Xbox or fasted Netflix. No, he went without food and without drink. So fasting, definitely something about denying yourself food. Uh, That's the what. Here's the why. Why deny yourself food? Like, why do it? Why put yourself through that? Why fast? Is it just for your gut health or just for a diet? Uh, Why why bother doing that? Uh, Well, it says in Matthew 6, Jesus says, when you fast, verse 18, your father who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Reward you. Similar to last week, Joel's teaching on prayer. When you pray in secret, he will reward you. Same word here again. It's not just a spiritual exercise or a physical exercise. It's actually about reward. There's some reward here that you get when you fast. Jesus seems to be unashamedly appealing to this human sense of, we love rewards, we love getting stuff. He's like, I know. Here you go. When you fast in secret, you will get a reward. You'll get something from this. So it's not just some spiritual exercise just to tick something. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, I've done that. No, through doing it, you get something. You get a reward. So two particular rewards I'd love to look at that I see in the Bible that I know happens when we fast. Two rewards. What are they? Number one, when you fast, one of the biggest rewards for humankind is you get more of God himself. You get more of God. Let me explain. It's not just fasting for fasting's sake. No, that's just an annoying diet. You're turning towards God. You're having more of him. Denying yourself food, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to deny myself, deny my flesh, and I'm going to hunger, not just hunger, I'm going to hunger for God. I'm going to hunger for him. It's like saying to God, I'm hungry for you. I want you, and I mean it. I really mean it. Food is the thing that keeps you alive. And to deny yourself food, that's like a radical dependency and expression of I want you. Uh, Neville Jones, who leads the Berlin church plant over there, Mosaic, uh, elder of this church as well, he says this, there's something powerful about saying, the very thing I need to keep me alive, I'm not going to take it. It's God who keeps me alive. Uh, A preacher from South Africa uh, from 150 years ago, a guy called Andrew Murray, not the tennis player. uh, He's an older guy now. Uh, Andrew Murray, he says this, Prayer is the one hand with which we grasp the invisible. Fasting is the other hand which you let go of the visible. There's a letting go here to grasp hold of God, to hunger after him. One of these rewards is we get more of God. When you're fasting, you deny yourself food, you're hungry. I love that verse in Matthew 4, verse 2. One of my favorite verses in Matthew. It says, Jesus fasted for 40 days. He didn't eat food or drink, and he was hungry. 
Yeah, I'd say <laughs> 40 days not eating. He was hungry. But with that hunger, don't just sit in it. You turn it towards God and say, God, I want you. I'm hungering after you. And the good news is, it says in Jeremiah 29, when you seek me, this is God speaking, with all of your heart, all of your heart, you'll find me. And there's something about denying yourself food, the thing that keeps you ticking, the thing that keeps you going, to seek God. You find him in a way that you don't otherwise. You're saying, God, I want you, and you, you find him. You meet God in a way that's so much more tangible and intimate and deep and physical. Fasting turns up the spiritual heat of God in your life. What's the spiritual temperature right now for you? As you're sitting in this chair listening to this, what's the spiritual temperature in your life? Would you like more of God? Do you feel dry? One of the surefire ways of doing that is fasting, turning away from the thing that keeps you and turning towards him. But not just that. It doesn't just uh, do that. Secondly, it increases our capacity for God. Jesus said, man shall not live on bread alone. Now, I love sourdough as much as the next guy. I'm a good sucker for some nice toasts and bread. But Jesus says this, man shall not live on bread alone. But every word that comes from the mouth of God, when you fast and you're denying yourself bread, which obviously we do use to live on, you realize actually you don't just live on that, but you live on every word that comes from God. There's something about the word of God that comes more alive to you when you're fasting. In the same way food is nutritious to you, helps you, keeps you going, the Word of God, the Bible, speaks so much louder, speaks clearer, speaks, speaks into your heart. It feeds you. Times when you fast and you come to the Word of God, you just hear His voice. And in the same way that food nourishes you, uh, helps you just to, to feel uh, full, you suddenly find the Bible fills you up spiritually. You come hungry, you sit and you be with God. You hear his voice. And in the same way, food nourishes you. You just feel nourished. You somehow walk away full. But I haven't eaten for two days, but I still feel full. The word of God does something to us. It's beautiful. We hear him. Not just that, but it's his spirit as well. Not just word, but his spirit. When we come to God in prayer, hungry, empty, we are filled with his spirit. His spirit comes to take possession of him. We're saying, God, I'm coming to you truly empty, truly thirsty. I want you. What happens? He fills you. He fills you with his spirit. The times when you come to God, you get more of him. That is a reward. You know a sweet intimacy through the power of the Holy Spirit. God is in heaven. The Father, so is the man Jesus. The Holy Spirit now is the contact person for the Trinity on earth. In the state of fasting, it's like you're just suddenly way more aware of the Holy Spirit's presence. You come to God in prayer, it's like, whoom, you're straight in a, in a place of tangibly feeling the presence of God. You can have powerful encounters before him in prayer. When you're fasting, you come to him, you can experience him deeply. It's like unfettered access straight into engaging with his presence. That, that place, that secret place of being before him, you sit there, you can hear his voice. He shows you things. He talks to you. You have encounters, physical, powerful encounters with God. 
You know, some people uh, travel for miles and miles on a spiritual pilgrimage, hoping for some kind of encounter. Some people do crazy things, uh, hoping for a, a spiritual encounter. Actually, we just can come unfettered to the Father through Christ and meet him. But when we're denying our flesh, we're hungering in a different way. It's like he fills us and our spiritual awareness is just heightened. That is a reward. Being filled with the measure of God, being filled by his Holy Spirit. Insecurities, issues, things you have in your life, you bring them into his presence. You just know they melt away. Deep intimacy with God. Just settled. Just sitting at his feet. Not stressing and worrying and doing stuff. Just sitting with him. Not a worry in the world. Knowing his peace as it is in heaven. His joy, your joy. His love in your heart. That is a reward. So Jesus says when you fast in secret, your Father in heaven will reward you. That's one, you get more of God. You get more of God. But secondly, it's not just God. You get more of God's kingdom. Let me explain. Fasting and coming to God in prayer, it actually also increases your faith from being in the presence of God being filled with this spirit, your faith levels start to rise. And suddenly these promises in the Bible around prayer and asking and I'll do anything and that for you is impossible with me. All things are possible. Suddenly your heart is like, yeah, I believe that. You come to the promises of God with more certainty. You, you, you come to them and think, yeah, I believe this. And you begin to pray with bigger levels of faith. Why is that a reward? Well, think about it. When you seek his kingdom, he's saying to you, ask me and I will do it for you. (gasps) Whatever you wish. Do you know it says in John 14 to 16, four different places, Jesus uses uh, the words ask and whatever. Ask and whatever and I will do it for you. John 14, 15 and 16. Uh, my words abide in you, you abide in me, ask whatever you wish to be done for you. In John 14, it says, uh, ask the Father anything in my name, I will do it for you. John 16, again, it says, up to now you've asked nothing in my name, ask, it will be done for you. Keep asking. When you come to God, these are massive, staggering promises, hey? Anything? Are you sure? My faith levels of these verses, like, oh man, I, I don't know how this works. When you fast, you get before God, you realize he's listening. This is, this is true. I can pray with certainty or I'm asking right now. He's listening and he will act and he will do. Um, so his kingdom. He's the God who can do anything. He can do the impossible. Ask and it will be done for you. This is the second reward. You want breakthrough in an area. As an area of your life, you're wanting to see God move and do something. You come to him in prayer and fasting, ask him, he will do it. That's his promise in general for prayer. Those verses in John, in John uh, 14, 15, 16, they're not even linked to fasting. They're just promises for anyone in Christ. But sometimes it takes getting to the state of fasting and faith to actually believe it. Oh, these are true. So what you ask God in a place of prayer and fasting and asking in faith, he does. Let me tell you a quick story. Um, my parents uh, used to fast one day a week. 
I think Friday lunchtime uh, in general, growing up, my dad would come home from work, pray with my mum for maybe an hour and then go back to work. Uh, in the hour, they would just pray, pray for us as, as boys, me and my two brothers, uh, pray for marriage, pray for all kinds of things, but pray for us. Pray for the kids. Pray they grow up to be strong young men. Pray for our future wives. This was happening decades before we even got married. And I, I grew up just thinking, oh, this is kind of normal. But I remember at the age of uh, probably 18, 19, maybe, maybe 20, thinking, do you know what? I've just had this sort of uh, prayers for me. I've never done it myself. I might give it a go. Now, I'm 19, 20 years old. Uh, I'm leading worship, wanting to grow as a worship leader, uh, wanting when I lead worship um, or when we worship together, I would love God to come and fill this place with his presence. So I decided, I was leading worship that Sunday. I decided that Friday uh, I was going to skip lunch and fast. <gasps> i tell you what, for a student in his first year of uni, that's a really big deal to not eat a lunchtime and fast. I was like, gosh, I'm going to do this. So I did it. Uh, I decided instead of eating, I'm going to take an hour, get before God, and I'm going to fast just to be with him in prayer. But also I want to ask him for this Sunday, when we get up together as a lead worship, I want to pray for the presence of God to be amongst us powerfully and tangibly. And I found some promises in the Bible that I could use to help me as I come to God in praying in promises, uh, things like Ephesians 2, in him we're being built together as a dwelling place for God, um, where two or three are gathered, there you'd be. And I spent the best part of an hour just bringing these promises to God. God, would you move amongst us as we stand together and sing this Sunday, let your presence be amongst us so powerfully, so tangibly. God, you've said, look, here it says, you've said this, in you we're being built together, living stones as a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you move this Sunday? And it's my first go, and I was hungry, I was kind of using that hunger, like, oh, you know, God, please, please, would you move? That Sunday morning, uh, we got up to the worship, like any other Sunday, sound check, got the band together. We started into the first couple of songs and it was like God opened up heaven and just poured his Holy Spirit down. And it was like, and I've been leading worship for about eight, nine years at that point. It was probably one of the, the most powerful times of experiencing God in worship I've ever led. God was just moving around the room and within the songs, just powerful encounters. In between the songs, we weren't just sort of standing around like waiting what's going to happen next. Just the Holy Spirit was moving around the room. It was, it was just honestly like God just opened a window of heaven and just, just came and manifested himself. Now he's here every week. He's always here. But there's something about that morning that was just like, <gasps> and I got down off the platform, uh, off the stage. I sat down just feeling so humbled. I was like, gosh. And it was kind of a bit awkward. Some people like, well done, Simon. That was amazing. But I knew deep down, I'd done nothing different that morning. I led the same songs we'd done like the few weeks before. The way I led wasn't very different at all. Other than I walked into it knowing that I've prayed. And I came away from that Sunday thinking, ah, there's something about this prayer and fasting deal where it's like God takes it really seriously. To be honest, I prayed every time before I lead worship, God, come and move amongst us. God, let this be a powerful time. And there are good, sincere prayers. There's something about taking time out to deny yourself and say, God, no, this really matters. I really want you to move. Not for my glory or so I can look good. No, I want the people of God, I want Brighton and Hove to come and meet God. There's something about there. God's like, ah, he really means it. 
I pushed through in faith and God moved. And that started a journey for me, thinking, wow, this, this works. I'm going to do it next Friday. And I got into the rhythm of fasting every Friday lunch and starting to seek God. And you know, I'm leading worship in different contexts. And it, suddenly it wasn't just about leading worship, it was about other things in my life and other issues and, and family and other things. And I learned to carry things um, to God in prayer. Uh, this one time, uh, probably a, a couple of years after that, uh, we were down to lead worship at a new day, which is our big youth festival. And I felt, I felt in my heart, like, God, I really want you to move this year. And I just felt, I, don't, I remember fasting for a day. I thought, no, th- this is a bigger deal than just a one-off thing. And I decided I'm going to fast the whole week, Monday to Friday. It's not Saturday, Sunday. Monday to Friday. I'd, I'd never even done more than two days, but I just something in me was like, God, you're, I want you to move. You know, I don't want just a, a knees up youth festival with babysitting teenagers for a week. I want God to move. And I wrote down a list of a whole bunch of things I wanted uh, God to do, because that's the promises of prayer, isn't it? It says, if you abide in me, my words body, ask whatever you wish. So, like, okay, what, what do I want God to do? And right, God, give us new songs. Uh, give us Lord, a spirit of the, just the glory of God amongst us. Uh, Lord, lead us to repentance. I, I felt even one of the days I was praying, just saw a picture of the whole ten thousands of, of, of kids on their knees crying in repentance. I just oh, okay, yeah, God, is this a view? You're showing me something in prayer. And I decided over the whole week to commit myself to, to praying, God, would you do this? God, would you move? God, would you do this? Funny enough, on the Thursday, um, I actually had an exam uh, at Sussex Uni and I was living in Hove. And the only way to get there was to cycle. I don't believe in buses. This is a personal hang-up. Um, I, I just never take buses. Um, and I was like, how am I going to cycle to Sussex Uni, which is six and a half miles away? Um, and so I opened up Isaiah 40, verse 31. Jesus says, man doesn't live on bread alone. Every word that comes from the Father's mouth. So I got the Bible. I got the word of God. And it says in Isaiah 40, even young men get tired and weary. I was like, yeah, right, that's me. I'm feeling tired right now. But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will run, not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. And I put in, they will cycle, not be weary. I thought, right, instead of just, you know, getting a Lucozade or a Coca-Cola, I'm going to go to God in prayer. And I spent about 15 minutes, maybe 20, just on my knees before the Lord, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying actually in the gift of languages, in, in, in tongues, just, just, just waiting on the Holy Spirit, praying and praying. And as I was, I was reading over this scripture. God, it says, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Think, come on, I either believe this or I don't. This is either true or it isn't. You know, we don't just sing, strength arises, we wait. Yep, loving that. No, I don't think it was written just for that song. Is this true or not? So I had to decide, am I going to do this? No, I am. I'm going to put faith in this scripture. (laughs) And I prayed for about 20 minutes just in tongues. Lord, fill me with strength. I got on my bike and I caned it to Sussex Uni. I just like caned it. I cycled so fast. I was laughing my head off like the whole way down like Lewis Road, just laughing with joy. I was like, where is this energy come from? I sat an exam. I bossed it. I had a clear mind. I was totally fine. I got back on that bike and I just caned it back to home. I was like, oh my goodness me. So much energy, so much strength. And then I sat down and rested and collapsed a little bit. But the Holy Spirit empowered me uh, through that. 
So even in the thick of a longer fast, you can, you can bank on the word of God. That year at New Day, so much of what I asked God for came about. One night, uh, well, I don't go into the details just for time, but, but what we asked God for and what I pleaded for, I began to see answers. Actually, one thing he didn't do, I had a picture of all kids on their knees. It didn't happen. I was like, this is really confusing. Why, why hasn't this happened? I've lived with that picture for quite a few years. It wasn't until last New Day. So quite a few years on, uh, actually, uh, Francis Chan was preaching and the picture I prayed for happened. So sometimes it doesn't happen straight away, but he still hears nonetheless. Uh, my third year of uni, um, I had a dream, and in that dream and in a few other situations, I felt God basically say, I want you to come and fast for 40 days. And I want you to write a list of 50 things to seek me for. Now, 40 days, that's quite a lot longer than five. That's eight times the length. I was like, okay. Um, some, and there's a few other situations, just circumstances. Someone put a book in my lap about fasting, and I had that dream. And I, God, I think this is you calling me. So I talked it through with, with a couple of friends and pastors here just for accountability. Um, you know, but actually, I looked at my calendar the next six weeks. I was supposed to be revising for my finals. I was going to be sitting down um, every day. I wasn't going to be out doing loads of stuff. You know, if I was ever going to do it, this is a good time for it. I didn't have lots of physical exertion. And I've begun to just feel stirring. I think this is of God. 50 things. Wow, okay. Um, it's a big year. It's the end of my, my three years at uni. Big summer that summer. I was getting married. Uh, we were starting worship school with New Day, another conference in Brighton together on a mission, trying to find a house that we're looking to buy or rent together. Um, and my finals at university, I was like, yeah, okay. I, I could think of 50 things quite quickly. So I wrote down some headlines, you know, like marriage, work, house. And underneath each one, I wrote down a few bullet points. And I, and I basically took that to God in prayer over those 40 days um, and, and fasted. So I didn't have any food for that whole time. Still continued to drink. Uh, that was a, a no food fast. And every morning, just coming to be with God, you know, you get God. Just walking, being with him, knowing him every morning. And it's just like quite quickly, you're denying yourself food. You are 100% dependent on God. And he's just enjoying his presence so much. Uh, but then at lunchtime, I'd pick one of these things and I would take it to God and I would just ask him, Father, you said ask. And I'd go through one by one asking. I remember our, our house uh, specifically, our first house, like, God, would you give us a house with open plan? I just really like that vibe, okay? Open plan. God, could it be walking distance to Anna's work? Um, could it be... Um, we'd love it to have space to have a table that would fit eight people so we can host a small group. So we love hosting and so we can sit people around and we can study the Bible together. Um, and also, God, can we have an open fire? I don't know how that one's quite, you know, for, for the kingdom of God. I just liked open fires because the people I stayed with did. That was what I prayed through. Um, that was one of them. There was stuff for marriage, stuff for work, stuff for money, other things. But I would just pray through these things and, and ask him. And um, I remember my brother said to me, um, who leads the Hope site, I remember him saying to me, Si, how come you're doing such a long fast? And I remember uh, saying to him, well, Dave, it's a big summer, I'm getting married, and I'm, you know, I've started worship school, and I've got my finals, and other stuff. And, and I felt, he said straight back to me in classic David way, he said, Si, this isn't about this year, this is about the next 10 years. What you're asking God for is actually about the next 10 years of your life. And I was like, wow, I didn't even think about that. What you're praying for is going to have a massive impact. 
And I went through these things over, over 40 days, uh, prayed through these things. And in that, so much other stuff, just knowing God's closeness, God giving me just visions, prophetic stuff for different people. What happens when we were looking for a house? We spent a whole day looking for seven or eight different houses. It was de- depressing what we could get for our money. It was awful. Then we came across this one house and we walked in and it dwarfed the others. It was massive. And we walked in and it's open plan. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. We could fit a table there for eight. It's got an open fire and everything. And it's like, yeah, you know, we just put a new kitchen and a new bathroom, you know. I was like, oh, wow. And it was walking distance to Brighton Station. And I was commuting to London. And we were like, tick, 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 tick. Like, oh, can we afford it or not? And the lady was like, yep, yeah, um, this is going to be about £750 a month. And we were like, what? That's nothing. And this was 10 years ago. So, yeah, it's still then. And um, she's like, now, make sure you go away. You pray about it first. You need to know this is of God. We're like, uh, yeah, amen. Yes, we'll take it. God answers a prayer that came about through fasting. I look back now and I made a spreadsheet of these 50 things. Actually, turned out to be more like 80. I, one by one by one, I basically almost ticked off all of them. What's happened? I've come before God I've asked him in faith, and we've obtained things. Uh, I realized last year, those 10 years were actually up. And God started to stir me, and a couple of other just things came about. And I, I basically, long story short, I felt God call me again. Simon, come and seek me again. Come and fast 40 days, this time for the next 10 years. And it's so encouraging looking back at answer and answer and answer and answer of prayer. He's answered. And you can look forward at the next 10 years think, oh, what would I want them to be? And just, just dream. Dream big. Dream big. Think, where do we want our kids to be? You know, Ruby would be 16 then and like 14 and 12. What do I want a 16-year-old Ruby to be? And just writing down, God, I want our kids to follow you. I don't want to struggle through their teenage years and just, just wander off. No, I don't want that, my story and their story to be just what other people's stories are, whatever. No, I want to believe you that you can get hold of them early in their lives. I want to pray, Lord, by the time they hit double figures, that they have experiences of God for themselves, not just mum and dad's faith. I want to pray they know their own answers to prayer for themselves. I want to pray that when they're throughout their teens, that they're confident in God. They have a strong faith. I want to pray they understand grace, not just living under law. And I've begun to dream for my kids, dream for other things, and, and pray and seek God again. And then, so last year, uh, just came again, a 40-day deal, and since then, I was still trying to fast once a week, other stuff, but a very unique season. It's like, this is about the next 10 years. I came to God and prayed and prayed and prayed. Um, and in so many ways, just a wonderful spiritual holiday, uh, just being with the Lord every day. All those times I would have had lunch, I would have had dinner, um, you know, just agreeing this with the Hannah, taking some time to seek God instead and just to pray through things. Do you know what? There was a day in the middle of it when I was, uh, I, I prayed already that night, Anna was out. Uh, and so I was just doing some stuff in the kitchen. I can't really remember what. But Everly started crying. And she was really crying. And so I went in, I tried to settle her, and she kind of settled. But then I came back out again. But she just started crying again. And she was really wailing. And I was just like, ah. And you sometimes as parents, you know, you've got to figure out how long you leave it and other stuff. But I was like, she's not crying. I don't know what to do. She just wouldn't stop. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to have a night in. And I just said this prayer. I was like, God, this, 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 this wailing, this crying. It's like, God, 
please would you cause Everly to stop crying right now? And as I said the word now, it was like... She immediately stopped. And you're kind of waiting for this, like, was it just a breath? <gasps> Let her be cry again. It, it, she went silent. As I said the word now, and I felt God say to me, Simon, your prayers right now are very effective. Boy, I got straight back on my knees. I prayed. I prayed like crazy. What I'm asking for right now is happening. I'm achieving things in the spiritual realms. I can't even see way beyond my reach. I can never do on my own, but you can because you can do impossible things. You're listening to me. And I prayed, I asked, and I prayed, and I asked. And already things God is answering. I, I, one of the things we're praying for, a new keyboard, uh, a Nord stage. These suckers are expensive. You know, they're like a couple of grand. We couldn't afford that. It's like, God, would you please give us one? We, we've got like a, a bit of money, but we can't afford it. We, we need some more money or whatever. I was like, God, please. And I remember like that night, give us some money for a Nord. The next day, I texted a builder who messed up something in our kitchen like eight months ago. I said, hey, you did say something about compensation. And he replied immediately saying, yep, yeah, sorry, Simon. I'll be round in the morning with 500 pounds. From like eight years ago. Oh, sorry, from like eight months ago. I was like, oh my gosh. Why am I telling you all this? I'm not saying this to boast in myself. I'm giving you this to inspire and to help you see this should be normal. Walking with Jesus. You know, it doesn't say if you fast. Maybe a few people do it. No, he says when you fast. Fasting in a weekly way. Sometimes fasting in a, in a longer way. Maybe even call you to a, like a longer fast, whatever. But it is when you fast. Seeking God and this place of hunger should be normal. Just ABC Christianity. And I'm just wanting to help demystify it a little bit. Uh, so I've been dreaming and I want to encourage us to dream, to get before God in prayer and fasting. You know, some of you, you've got burdens. You've got things that when you think about it, you, you can feel emotion. Anger, just things that just aren't right. Maybe you've got a burden for the homeless people in our city. And it, you think about it, it just oh, it gets you. And maybe even in a painful way. Some of you've got burdens for just a family life. Just this, the families, the brokenness in families or cities. It really gets you. Maybe it's a burden just for worship and experiencing God. You know, we're actually quite good at pushing pain down. Uh, like almost inoculating ourselves, anesthetizing ourselves from, from the pain of it. I just want to say this. God gives us burdens, actually. Some of these things might be from his Holy Spirit. Some of them actually he might have given so that we can take them back to him in prayer, in intercession. I want to encourage us. Let's not be those that just inoculate ourselves from the pain. Actually, what if this is from the Holy Spirit? Why don't you take some time to deny yourself, even food, turn to him and lean into that pain for a minute. Lean into the, the sense of, of, of longing, of yearning. This isn't right. And the hunger, the physical hunger that you feel in your heart and in your, in your stomach from fasting, turn that to hunger for this thing. And these things are of his kingdom. It's not right there's brokenness in families. And bring it to God. It's not right there's homelessness in our city. Bring it to God. We want to see people encountering him. Bring it to him. Wouldn't it be great 
If Emmanuel was filled with men and women who are taking time to seek God and bring his kingdom, not just through prayer, but prayer and fasting, wouldn't it be great if in Shoreham, as the sun was rising, there were mums and dads on their knees praying for their kids, praying for the unsafe families all around them? Wouldn't it be great if over in the marina, that as the sun was rising, as people got up, that men and women and teenagers and children were praying for all the people across East Brighton? That as, as there's so much brokenness all across Brighton, Home and Shoreham, that actually we were taking this seriously as seeking God. I know many of you do this already, but I want to inspire us. Let's not be those that just look on at situations. That, no, he can do anything. Has he said that or not? Has he promised these things or not? These promises are for us. Let's take these things seriously to God in prayer. Let's get before him. That actually, these things are more important than my stupid stomach. Some of you are slave to food. And what you need to do is cut it off. You need to get down, almost like disciplining your child, stop it. You need to come to God. I'm going to spend the next three days of my life and I'm going to seek God for this. I want to encourage you, take these burdens seriously. When you take them seriously, it's like he does. It's like, ah, finally, we've got one who's praying in faith. I want to encourage us. As we push forward into 2019 and the years ahead, let's be those as a community who are seeking God in prayer, that are coming towards him in fasting and we're seeing things change. You've got long lost family members. Take time, pray and fast. Anna did this when she was at uni. A dear friend of hers, her closest friend at uni, was, was far away from Jesus. Thought Christians were stupid and boring. Every, every Monday, she decided to fast and pray for her. That lady is now uh, leading a site uh, with her husband in this church, gearing up to go and plant the church somewhere else. There's power in your prayers as you seek God. So, we've looked uh, at some what's and some whys, just really quickly here uh, on some hows, quick application, when, as I said, Jesus didn't say if you fast, but when. So there is an expectation of fasting. You know, how long, how often, look, there are no rules, basically. There's no law here. Um, so pick a day, start somewhere, start one day a week, one lunchtime, easy. You could do that. You can do that. It's not that hard. Um, start with a lunchtime. If you, if you do that regularly, maybe pick two days a week. Maybe even just like the first of the month. Just say, right, the first of the month, I'm going to fast the first two days every month. And write down, write down things you want to seek God for and come back to you every month. Don't just let your impossible list be a January thing. Let it be something you live with all throughout the year. Come back to him, persevere in asking, and the joy of ticking things off is awesome. So start small, work up a bit bigger. You kind of got to go with what you got faith for, um, but don't say, oh, I don't really feel like it. I'm not really feeling it. You know, it's not a question if we feel like it. It says when you pray, when you give, when you fast. So if you sort of don't have the hunger to do it, I think the, the way to deal with that is not to sit this one out, but to do it. Just 
Do it. Start. Jump in. Start doing it. You get pretty hungry pretty quickly. Turn that hunger uh, into God. Um, what I would say is um, 40 days is obviously a, a longer time, like six weeks. That obviously has an impact on, on uh, family life, people around you. Um, I wouldn't recommend just just doing that. Uh, that is very much what the longer kinds of fast, if it's a 14-day thing or a 20-day thing, 40-day, those kind of things you'd want to know uh, maybe more of a leading of the Holy Spirit. The, the two times that has happened with me, I just knew very clearly this is God speaking. Jesus himself, Matthew 4, says the Holy Spirit led him in the wilderness. He was led there. So those longer ones, yeah, okay, There's, there is a space there to be led into it. But I think in the day-to-day, -day, the week-to-week, -week, don't wait for a prompting from the Holy Spirit. Just jump in. Um, how do you manage energy levels while you're fasting? You know, like how, do you, how do you be a dad? Um, lots and lots of practical stuff uh, on this, on a video that we recorded uh, back in January uh, that we will post out this week from your site leaders. It's just a quick 10-minute video that we did basically just giving the hows of just keeping the energy levels up, um, how you can uh, just still stay like a present good dad and not feel, oh, gosh, I've got nothing. Um, you can't shirk your husbanding, fathering responsibilities under the name of fasting that doesn't work um, we're still there to be dads and husbands um, and mothers and, and, and friends um, so yeah we'll check out that video for, for a bit more of the how to's we'll post that link out um, but what you learn in prayer and fasting it teaches us how to pray uh, the rest of the time what I've learned in prayer and fasting I've actually drawn into uh, just my prayer life day to day I've learned how to pray through fasting some of you are like, oh, really struggling to pray Get fasting, get before him, open the word, and that will spill into your day-to-day -day life. I want to finish with this. Uh, going back to the text, Jesus says, when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites. Here's the thing. Don't be like the hypocrites. We, what we think is these behaviors make you more holy as a person. When you fast, they make you more holy. But he's saying to people who are already fasting, already praying, already giving, maybe even more than we are, you know, fasting like crazy. But he said, you, you've received your reward in full. You've missed it. This fleshly righteousness is empty. It's nothing. And the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus demolishing this self-righteous religion. If, if it's down to you, is nothing. It's worth nothing. It's a very shallow reward. But here's the good news. Jesus came down to earth. Jesus fasted up a mountain in secret with his father. He wasn't on show. Uh, he wasn't a hypocrite. He wasn't acting. He fasted perfectly. He prayed perfectly for you. And then what did he do? He took our hypocrisy and he took our half-hearted devotion, he took it to the cross. And he died. Along that took all of our sin, all of our mess on the cross and carried it. And through that cross, it says in the Bible that uh, he gave us his righteousness. The one that knew no sin, he became sin, that we would become the righteousness of God. What does that mean? His perfect righteousness is ours. That also means his perfect prayer life on earth has been credited to our account, which also means his perfect 40-day fast has already been given to us. Right now, you have the righteousness of somebody who's fasted 40 days 
perfectly. I mean, I, I tried for it, but it wasn't perfect. He fasted perfectly. That has been given to you, imputed to you. So today, if you're looking to your works to get you to God, it won't cut it. Come to Jesus, repent of striving. He's your perfect righteousness. He's your praying, fasting mediator. I want to prove it. I want to prove that there's nothing to prove. Come to Jesus, receive the gift of righteousness. And as you do, take the bread and the wine, repent of your sinful ways. But across the sites, even as you're listening to this right now, in Marina Shore Hove, Oasis, in Clarendon Centre, as you take the bread and the wine right now, let his spirit fill you. Let the love of God come to you and let him lead you, stir you, inspire you. Why don't you take time right now to worship him, love him for the God who can do anything and then make some decisions in faith to follow him. Let's be a people that look to him and fast in prayer. So come to Jesus. Let me pray. Thank you. You've become our righteousness. Pray right now, Holy Spirit, continue to speak and move people as we worship you and break bread together. In Jesus' name, amen.